The Intermediate Line advises a language and concept warning for the entire show. The Intermediate Line is brought to you by NervousWater.com. Thomas and Thomas Fly Rods, Shilton Reels and Cortland Fly Lines. Power Pole. Total Boat Control. Ketta Fly Apparel. From time on the water to you. Beast Brushes. We stay in our lane of experience to improve your experience. That's the power and it's going nowhere. What is left to ruin? To the start something I'm not buying. I expect the ruins. Welcome back, listeners, to another exciting episode of the Intermediate Line. Um, I'm going to introduce my co-host tonight, Chris Adams. How you going, Chris? Um, I'm good, thanks, Vols. Thanks for having me tonight, mate. Really appreciate it. <laughs> it's my pleasure, mate. My my complete honour to have you on the show. Oh, yeah. I love it, mate. I love the show, mate. I've been listening for a long time. It's been great. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. It's been very verbose in, in every episode that I've ever heard you verbose about. For boss debate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, How's Gotham going, by the way? Gotham? Was this, yes. this a joke I missed out on? What, tell me about Gotham. Well, it's just... Well, I'm sorry, Bruce. I didn't realise that um, you were keeping Gotham separate from Wayne Manor. But... Uh, um, <laughs> just not sure if we can say... We, we, you know, we can reveal your identity yet past this, but... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, just just go via my Insta tag, mate. Yeah. <laughs> That's we all. we have got a very interesting show, and for the listeners, let me ask you this. So you want to start fly fishing, eh? You'd want to be a patient motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Tonight's show, we have uh, decided just out of um, sheer laziness, and <laughs> how is it? Ironically, on the last show, we talked about who we're going to have on, and we said, "Don't mention who we're going to have on because these people, these things, have got a habit of changing at the last minute." Yeah. And and again, for the for the same reason, we had a special at the beginning of the year. We have got a special now because of the of the um, same guest who's who's not really at fault. It's just life gets in the way, and it's been hard to line stuff up. But we keep persisting because he's a good dude and we like him. But here we are. <laughs> And we thought to ourselves, didn't we, Vols? We thought to ourselves? Yeah, we did. We thought to ourselves about, you know, what could we do? What have we looked at already? Um, and how's the best way to return value to the fly fishing community? And then I um, thought to myself, why don't we go inside Wayne Manor and see about... That's not what I thought. That's not, <laughs> I've got that written down here, but it's the wrong podcast. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, we did. We thought we'd, we thought we'd, uh, we'd offer our insights of how beginning fly fishing started for us and some of the um, some of the pitfalls or some of the just just to bring up some of the common questions that both of us get asked by guys wanting to get into it. So we might might we might create a bit of a reference point for you. What do you think, Volts? Yeah, I've been in re- relegated to the reference section. I'm happy to be in the reference section. You know, spent a lot of time in a reference section in the library. Yeah, mm. Mm. yeah, mm. yep. I understand. Uh-huh. Yeah, reading those biological te- texts, looking for fancy words for uh, simple situations. Oh, yeah. I'd imagine it would have been confusing. And the reference section must have been a great place as you were growing up when you started to see this pelt develop. There must have been some sort of books that would have um, described primate behavior uh, as far as... I'm sorry, mate. You're kicking me under the table here. I shouldn't no. be talking about this. No, no. Sorry, no. mate. No, I'm sorry. Uh, look, we'll edit that bit out. Um, that's fine. Look, so, mate, I, I, got, I got no problem with it. I mean... <clears throat> why were you kicking me? I wasn't. I mean, we're not in the same room. I can't be kicking you, you know. But oh, that's right. I do. Uh, I do need to say thank you for lending me your your National Geographic magazines. <laughs> uh, there's uh, flavors of the world. Yes. Those. Yeah. That's my, my favorite one. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I'll give it back one day. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get. Well, speaking of giving it back, let's give back to the fly fishing community, uh-huh. and let's talk about this now. There's, uh, all we can really do is, um, as we agreed earlier on off air, to, to just talk about our own experience, I suppose. And and I guess I can speak on behalf of both of us in saying that, you know, we, we, we probably learned the hard way in, in some circumstances. Um, it's good to know people. And back in the day when um, when we were fly fishing sunny, um, you know, there was no internet. Uh, we're still fly fishing, but you know, I mean, when we started, no internet. Yep. So it's, it sort of relied on people that you met face to face, a lot of trial and error. There wasn't a lot of media that was that pertained to what myself and Bruce here did. I guess you could say it was a lot of trout-centric media. Um, um, and growing up in well, developmental use in Queensland usually meant freshwater natives and saltwater. So that's so that's all we can really talk about in, in our experience. But um, being a shop owner and a podcaster, I'm sure as you as as a as a podcaster and an Instagram personality, Volts would get the same questions <laughs> I get as far as. Um, you know, I want to start fly fishing. What would you recommend? Yeah, which is a yeah. how a very how long's a piece of string question, right? Yeah, it's a tough one to answer. It's it's not at all infuriating. Um, so you know, if anybody except is the two a.m. Yeah, yeah. So if the two a.m. ones, I'll just refer you to um, uh, to sales at Beast Brushes, mm-hmm. and um, that, that guy's sure. got plenty of time. No, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look. Um, most of those comments are, are pretty fair. When we when we started out, we're both as far as we can figure out, we're probably within twelve months of each other, or pretty close to it. Um, you know, for international listeners, we grew up in adjacent fisheries, I guess, in terms of, but similar, like obviously, Southeast Queensland's a region. Um, you know, slightly separate but similar. You know, tribes for want of a better word, I guess. Yeah. At the time. Yeah. Um, Things were less social media um, centric. centric back then. Yeah, I guess. I guess be mate, there was none. That's that's right. I think the only social media was really average uh, forums. Um, well, even 
but but started before forums. Like you and I both started. Yes, that's true. Before forums were around and stuff, so it was um, it was more about you know shops that had them. You know, the shops that stocked it, and uh, and I sort of carry on. Mm, yeah. Um, you know, I was pretty I was pretty lucky, I suppose, to be um on Sunshine Coast and have a um, a fly fishing shop, which I know you you visited a lot as well. Yeah. But, um, Gavin at Time Fly there. Um, really helped out i suppose in the early days i suppose but um but this day and age um you know you got your the world's your oyster as far as uh, yeah you know you can be talking hearing people talk about on podcasts you could be you could go to facebook instagram forums in incredible amounts of um youtube media and stuff like that on there as well not just one person's opinion uh and i guess that's really a good starting point when you're asking about what to get with fly fishing before we get into our nitty-gritty subjects and that would be to find someone there's so there's so much media around you can easily find someone who does what you want to do okay for me i'll just before we get going like as an example like walk into a shop i had no intention of catching tuna ever on any gear in fact i've, I've never caught a tuna on a spin rod but tuna fish tuna on fly became such a big part of my fishing and um and developmental years as a fly fisherman because of who i met like in face to face you know like it's that's yeah that's what they could tell me about fly fishing and that's and it sounded unreal and i and i wanted to do it and i loved it at the same time but if this day and age if i was just into bass i could just find someone who just does nothing to fly fish for bass and get the get the good oil on that you know because yeah. no one's no one really does everything if you know what i'm saying yeah i know exactly i think i know what you're saying yeah yeah, yeah. The 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 information superhighway has made it possible to to be in contact with incredibly niche areas, um, and you know to gather information on on other sources too, like you know more generalist type things. There's um, there's a lot of opportunities to learn at, at the depth and the, the level and the speed that you know you want to learn at or that you can digest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it offers its own set of pitfalls as well as that we've talked about on the show before. Without without getting into those, but I mean, it's it's fair to talk about the advantages of of research and all that sort of stuff there. But man, there's a lot of bright and shiny stuff out there that's designed to distract and and take your money over there. And that's, I mean, I try not try not to mention this too much on the on the show because it's not really about this. But in regards to that. You, you know, doing your research is something we've spoken a lot about on this show and we've joked about it and called it like follow the beef and things like that as well. But, you know, just going to see the ability to go and see someone do what they say uh, or or, or um, do do what they're promising, what their advice will offer you is not hard. And that's that's all we're saying with that, really, at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, what I mean, like it's it's it's. It's fair enough to buy a car of someone who actually drives a car. You know, you wouldn't, uh, you know, you wouldn't, as, as we've mentioned, plenty of analogies before. If you're listening to this for the first time and you're going to go back through our catalogue, you'll hear Follow the Beef a lot. And I guess we don't really, we're not really, we're not really into that at, um, on this show, but it's worth bringing up the yin and the yang of the advantages of, of information on social media before we get started, I suppose. Yeah. 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 What do you have to say about that, Vols? <laughs> well, what I'm going to say is that we're going to frame tonight's discussion in positive terms so we're going to talk about things uh there's a, there's a couple of topics there's three three or four main topics we're going to talk about um but we're going to talk about what worked for us rather than mm. you know what didn't so um well i mean i might i mean i think it's fair to talk about that like what didn't and what what we did wrong yeah. and 
I guess there's um there's you know I guess that's what I mean if the situation comes up where we talk about something and I'll talk about where I fucked it up and probably and why and and a way and a way to avoid that yeah because um, I've what you, I've what, what you would have done different it. next time yeah 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 exactly yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. we're we're happy to you know have other people learn from our own misfortunes mistakes so you know i've got some funny stories um that you know i'll relate to people are you um, gonna are you gonna bring up that that slim shady era that you're in with the white singlet and the bleached hair you can talk about that or look, looking back now mate i was I'm fucking proud to have uh have hair that i could bleach but yeah um, yeah yeah but okay I, yeah probably but, why it fell out though <laughs> right yeah yeah I mean, yeah. you were bleaching those roots like once a week at one stage, I can remember. Calling everyone homie and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> weird. Super weird. Yeah, but, well. uh, you know, we respected you for it all the way, mate. I mean, I don't think anyone said anything to your face. Yeah, well, that's typical, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Try Welcome to the fly fishing community. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. We're going to give it positive. So, yeah, let's... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Oh uh, yeah. yeah, okay. Well, okay. Well, I guess um, you know, I guess if you're looking to get into fly fishing, there's a good chance that you've already been fly, uh, fishing, right? I will. I, I want to say this actually. One thing. One. An ex. We didn't have this in our notes, but this is a good. This is a good start to talk about expectations, right? Um, expectations of, of fly fishing. You you've seen people doing it. You've seen people call it the wand. You think the photos of people of the right over the shoulder look cool. You want to be cool. You want to tell people that you're better than them and, and you've caught it on fly. I get it. But um, the chances are that you're coming from a background of being a, quite a successful fisherman, right? And whether fishing uh, gives you that endorphin rush to be, to be um, you know, recognized and, and, and shown off and stuff like that, that's one thing. Or if, if conventional fishing or bait fishing is just not doing it for you anymore and you see the value of looking a bit further into um yeah, the sport of fishing or increasing that challenge, fly fishing might be for you. Yeah. you got to understand, though, you're going to eat shit for a little bit, right? <laughs> you know, we every, everyone that you're seeing have success on fly doesn't get it straight away. And 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 I, I can tell you right now that for people that are, um, the people that are, are, are watching, um, you know, people that are, seem to get it straight away, I can tell you right now that it's hard. Uh, it, it, it's a new skill. It does take dedication, but the rewards are there, and they don't come. They don't come straight away. And I think that's a fair enough thing to sort of set the expectations for. It's going to be a new skill. It's kind of, it's, it wouldn't be unlike hurting your right hand to the point where you couldn't write anymore, um, and then learning to write with your left hand. Right, left. That's not yeah. a good analogy, is it? Really? No. Nah, where, where are you going with this, man? Well, I'm yeah. just trying to say that it's 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 foreign. It's a foreign feeling at first. But it's it is not, worth it. Success. It is worth it. I mean, it d definitely is worth it. You know, there's fly fishing has got the ability to, to make you seek out more adventure and more travel and 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 better species uh, in a better better scenarios. Really, uh, it, it has for a lot of people. It did for me. I think. Can you relate to that? Yeah, totally, man. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, I guess if you're if you're standing on the edge of fly fishing and thinking, you know what, I'd love to give this a crack, but I'm just waiting for waiting for you know something to put me over the edge or to 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 you know 
just make it happen, then I'm just saying jump in, do it, all right? That's my first bit of advice. Don't mm. stop, stop standing on the edge. We're going to try and pull back some barriers so that you can just fall in. You know, you know, don't need someone to push you in, but you know, just go. Um, fly fishing's a fuckload of fun. It's so, it's really good. Um, it's, it's fly it, fishing. It's really good. Yeah, yeah. You'll, <laughs> it's something. It's a one of the. There's so many aspects to it um, that that can be experienced, in my opinion. Um, you know, deeper than most other aspects of of say lure or bait fishing um and i guess i guess that that you're listening to a fly fishing podcast sort yeah. of might might already point to the fact that you're you're looking for for whatever reason based on whatever experience level or whatever you're at you're looking for something more and that's cool we get it or um, or you, you know, just read the ad for the show we're about a beginner's fly cast and podcast and we're gonna lead you into getting into the sport there's that as well yes that's yeah. true but I guess, you know, without drifting too far off the expectations, your expectations of yourself is you shouldn't beat yourself up. You know, you're going to take your spin rod and your cast rod out with you and stuff like that, and you're going to you're gonna pick that up when it gets hard, I'm sure. And there's going to be a point where you're like, you know, I'd re- I just spent the, the dosh on this gear and, and I've got casting lessons or I bought all these flies or whatever. I really want to catch them. And you're going to leave, you're going to decide one day to leave those things at home and you're going to grit, grit and bear it, yep. but you're going to eat shit. You're, just, you're, gonna, you're not going to catch as much initially as you would without it i think it's fair to say to jump forward a few years like maybe maybe oh you'll get successful in in six months within six months easily i mean within a year you'll be you'll be quite competent and you'll be catching fish um you know there's a good chance that within a year i think that if you're if you're into it like if you genuinely had a a a a self-motivated interest in it i think a year is probably when you would start to leave the spin gear at home i i would reckon i think I'm going to go one step further. I, I agree with your time frames. They're entirely very, very possible. The determining factor is, you know, off, obviously how often you go fishing in, in, a, in that scenario. That you, oh, that's true. Yeah, yep. and that you want to turn to fly. Um, and so, yeah, I, I sort of don't really want to put a, put a time limit on it because, you know, success can be relative too. You know, success can be, you know, tying that fly perfectly or throwing the perfect loop or that in your opinion <clears throat> or you know um just uh fly fishing brings joy on a lot of different levels um you know for me there were there were levels that and this is personal this is individual that i had an experience with bait and lure fishing <clears throat> which you know was was good and is why fly fishing is you know 90 something percent of of the fishing i do now um um yeah so it if if you're that if you're that person, yeah, that just do it. Just just yeah, have, just knock it. Yeah, don't 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 for a moment think that you know people are going to laugh at you. They're not. We've all been there. <laughs> In fact, you know, I've, I would say that the fly fishing community is quite supportive of people in that position. Yeah, yeah people uh, people won't turn into haters till you know later on. Yeah, and well, that, that's yeah. That's why you shouldn't do it for other people. Anyway, that's that, which is you yeah, know, you know, like it's um definitely it, it's a personal. It, it, you're not gonna you're not gonna last if you're doing it if you're doing it for um you know to be better than someone else. You're not. It's too it's too hard a sport. You'll um you'll find probably find situations of happy fish and things like that, and you know get the fly right out when it, when the conditions are good occasionally. But it's different to people that are that are wholeheartedly in it. To me, 
I don't get any other satisfaction out of it other than catching fish, right? It's um, I I polarize people. You 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 explained your your thing with it. Also, I think it's fair to to say that there's, if there's people out there that are highly motivated and can, uh, competitive somewhat with themselves, even that yep. the sport is also for you. You know, it's not all about time by the stream and you know and um, just looking off in the distance, going, oh, you know, bad days fishing is better than a good day at work. I'd rather be at work. That's um, I'm not joking. I, I'm I I expect performance from myself and and others and um and I know people. Some people don't like that, but um, the sport is for you if you're if that your way of thinking as well. In my opinion, there's a lot there's a lot to line up. You know, to tie a fly well, to to put the cast well, to select the gear well, um, to to battle the conditions on the day. There's just it's just a it's just a battle, and it's just. I find it very satisfying when everything lines up, even for that one fish. There's at this yep. point in my career, um, maybe this will help people get an idea of it from from my point of view. I'd be happy to catch to, to seek out that one fish, that target fish for the day, and come home. Don't need ten, just that just that one fish. That's that's what I'm like now. Five years ago, I would want that. I wanted those ten for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's. That's true. They talk about um, <clears throat> the stages of a of a fly fisherman's journey. You know, it, it you know turns into uh, you know about apparently there's a number of different stages. Um, some I can identify with. It starts out with you know just wanting to to go fly fishing. Then there's you know that first fish. Then there's plenty of fish. Then there's the big fish. And then there's you know you go back to to the point where you just enjoy the whole experience again. And it's um. Some people are uh, that journey is cyclical. Some people, it's you know they they jump up and down between stages, skip stages. But the point is, it's it is a personal journey. It's individual, and yeah, you know, just just get in, have a have a have a have a crack. And we're here to help you try, hopefully, try and put things in context. Yeah. yeah. Well, if you're at that point where you're like, yeah, I think I want to give it a go. This this shows for you. Yeah. 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 So yeah, well, yeah. Anyway, well, um, let's start right from the start. If you're if you're at that point, I guess the first thing you're going to realise you need is a, is one of those big floppy, stupid looking rods, and that, that's what we call a fly rod. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So, so that's one of the questions I get a lot. Is hey, mate, I'm uh, I want to give it a go. Fly. What what rod would you recommend for a beginner? It's a real how long's a piece of string question because, you know, there's. There's different rods for different types of fishing, um, but if if you know if you if you're like again to relate to what we do, if you're into sort of you know freshwater natives and 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 saltwater stuff, I think an eight weight will cover everything as a beginner. What do you think, Vols? As far as weight weight goes, well, I'm going to pull it back a couple of steps. Um, yeah, it's not a it's not a bad not a bad compromise. Um, you know, if if you felt like you only could get one outfit, um, and depending on where you lived and what you were chasing, more importantly, just remember that the weight of an outfit in a casting sense is just the size of the sinker or, or you know a jig head you're throwing. Um, so oh, that's that. I'm I'm putting myself in the in the position of beginner there. That that's a little bit confusing, I suppose. And I only because we get we're getting ahead of ourselves. You're starting to get into the physics of casting and what a rod does, I suppose, but. If yeah. you're going out to, if you if you'd never had a cast and you didn't have a, have a cast works, but you want to get a rod to get started first, right? I think I think an eight weight would cover ba a brim and flathead bass, toga, uh, barra. I should say probably more commonly, jacks, yeah. tuna, 
you know like it's it'll cover everything like there's there's not much that i can't think of that you couldn't catch an a-weight on now sometimes you might be overgunned but you're not gonna you're not gonna be not learning and there's sometimes you might be undergunned but if you're in a boat and you got you got time like you know it's probably questionable to, to, to stress on fish but maybe don't go chasing marlin on, on your eight weight but if you're if you're up chasing marlin um and it's your first day of fly fishing well you might be a little over your head um but yeah <laughs> i think i think an eight weight would be good advice for everyone it, it, for everyone really in that scenario like i said at the start there for saltwater and freshwater natives uh-huh. yeah yeah that's what you could do a lot worse put it that way to be as general as you possibly could be right yeah yeah okay. put yourself in the perspective of someone who's never who's um I can I can think back to when I was like that. I can remember the first time I walked into a shop, going, looking around, see if everyone's watching. Like, what's with this fly fishing thing? You know, <laughs> I can remember that time. Um, so it was um, yeah, it was pretty it was pretty weird. But yeah, eight weights. What I started. What did you start with an eight weight when you had your first rod? <laughs> Funnily enough, yeah, I started with um, was a uh, it was a dual rated rod, which seems to have fallen by that the wayside. Is a now a hallmark of a you know what's considered not a great rod it was an eight nine eight nine mega gl3 yep yeah oh, that's right that's what we had yep. the show before yep. yeah yeah it's um you know a bit of the advice i heard it wasn't was only i think it was eight foot six it wasn't a nine foot version um and um you know people were saying well you want on a floating line you want you know the eight weight not an intermediate line you want a nine weight and i didn't really understand that advice at the time but um invariably that's what i got um you know i haven't yeah, part of me wants to go back in time or you know if i if i could find that rod somewhere now with with uh, lines that i used um on it I, I, the nostalgic side of me i'd like to give it another ping see see how it goes um but yeah you're right i guess eight that eight nine was uh for, for where we live covered a lot of options some of them excellently um and you know some of the other you know the the real extensions of it like you know, on the lower end, it probably would have sucked to go on a trout stream with it. Um, or, but, you know, they, say yeah. at that point in time, you know, it was reasonably common to run into big long tails in Moreton Bay. You know, uh, but definitely capable of, of, of pulling up a, a big one, you know, given the time and the limitations, but, you know, not something that you consider fun. I would go on to say, as a casting instructor, that... That people should look for when we talk when we talk about rods, it's um, it's probably fair to talk about action because there's a lot of fucking rods on the market, uh-huh. and you, and you'll probably see a lot of people you know if you're into fly fishing and 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 are making noise or the ones that are respected in in their opinions online, talk about fast action rods. Um, I don't think they're for beginners. I really don't. I think I think that uh, I think a a, a mid action rod is a much much better rod to learn with, faster medium or medium medium faster medium but a yeah. fast extra fast rod is not for you the, the timing is is too hard to get um you know you'll generally overcompensate with with poor poor line choices like overlining and stuff like that i think a good analogy in, in talking about that with, with learning the timing of a cast and the feel of the cast if you imagine that you know you could you could take a go-kart course at half speed and do it technically perfect into each corner or if the first time you've ever been on that course or on a go-kart forever, someone just put a brick on the on the pedal, you'd make mistakes. You'd get your timing be out, like you'd have to be you'd have to be spot mm-hmm. on with everything. That's the difference between a medium and a fast action rod, as a, as the most roughest analogy going. 
it's and if you're hearing this for the first time and you don't even own a fly rod a medium action rod is going to be much more forgiving for learning how a cast works and a range of lines and a range of flies in fact in my opinion probably not going to be real good in in um in wind but wind's not really you know going out and battling 20 knots is something you're probably going to want to avoid when you're starting out anyway yeah i think, I think that's that's you know decent enough starting advice I, I'd, I'd agree with that hey yeah look yeah. um without mentioning brands you know there's a there's a lot of medium action rods around you don't you don't see them advertised a lot of companies really push their fast action rods a lot i think i don't know i don't know why i know i've seen a lot of um like cheap brands um that would be in the in the ballpark which a lot more in the ballpark than when we started you know like rods that were there was no rods that are around you know 300 bucks you know for a whole combo when i started no way no. in the world no you know? way yeah. no and um so so for the rods that are so like you know like a a, a rod that's 200 dollars to be a fast action rod I, i'm kind of blown away by that to be honest with you i think that's a real real miss when, when you get better at fly fishing you understand that you can you can get more out of a fast action rod well then you'll understand why they cost so much you know like in and and what's in them once you once you once you got the ability to we're jumping way ahead here but once you got the ability to see the value in some of those rods um you know you, you truly will uh, and it'd be really hard to explain that to, to someone who you know who um who's not going to get the benefit out of it until they've till they've learned about it do you know what i mean you, you want to jump in here vaults you know what i mean like it's um it's, I was just watching you flounder a little bit there. Well, I, I kind of lost what I'm saying a bit there because we was a beginner show. But what my yeah. point was that um, yeah, th there is a there is a time and a place for fast action rods, and it's not while you're starting out. Yeah, that yeah, go easy on yourself. The the casting uh, the timing window of the of the cast is probably larger on a on a medium sort of medium fast rod than say an extra fast. Um, I guess. Uh, you know for, for various reasons like you pointed out fast and extra fast has become sort of like the hallmark of someone who is um you know fairly experienced um and that almost becomes like um uh almost like a badge for some people but yeah you, that sort of goes down the window when you, you hear about people using these super fast rods and then they're overlining them by one or two effective line weights but that's that's something that well on. that's yep. when we get down to a massive rabbit hole there because yeah. there is a there is a reason for that while still while still using to be effective with the rod but you know for now for a beginner's show probably not the case but it's probably not a bad segue to get into lines with four beginners here gotta be real careful with the caveat here long time listeners will know that we're not real good with talking fly lines but let's stick to the plan <laughs> 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 if <laughs> If you contacted me and said, hey, um, hey, Chris, I live on the Gold Coast and I, I want to start fly fishing. Um, I've got an eight-way rod that my uncle gave me. And um, what sort of fly line would, would you recommend for that? There's no, there's never any time where I, I could turn around and say, oh, that's great, great rod. You should get this line. Because you really need to, you really need to um, buy a line to have it apply to your fishing scenario. Agreed, Volts? Yeah, yeah. It, <clears throat> the The answer to a lot of fly fishing questions is is more questions. <laughs> so, <Yeah>. um, <laughs> and and that can, I really worry about that um, that putting off new new people. But um, 
you know, it, it it's not quite like that. It doesn't have to be hard. Um, but yeah, the, the, in in general, the question is is answered with more questions. So well, yeah, you could also say who you know who do you well maybe you can answer this. Who do you ask those questions to? And yeah, that <laughs> that that becomes harder. So. Um, I was really fortunate. Here's me talking about things that went right. I was really fortunate in that um, I'd met a, a couple of dudes through the tackle shops that I was hanging around, um, and <laughs> they <laughs> that were they in the Morton Bay singles as well? No, nah, man, no, nah, no. Nah, nah, they, cool. they, these guys were legit, and and you know, uh, Hetro, they're both family men these days. Um, All right, mate. There's no need to overcompensate. <laughs> All right, yeah, yeah. Just in case, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I certainly appreciated their help, and and uh, that was one of the things I was hoping we'd cover tonight is is the point of forming a network, the value of forming a network, and people who are, you know, I don't, it's going to sound calculating, but people who are better at it than you are, or more experienced, or or have some advice to to offer in in an area that you want to get good at. The same way as you get a coach to, you know, teach you football or or cricket or or some other skill. Um, there's no there's no way. There's no better way than to learn than to have, you know, someone like that around. But, yeah, so getting back to your original question, you know, where, where do you ask? You've got to find, a, you know, a trusted source of information. Mm. Um, and I guess, you know, we were trying to avoid talking about following the beef, but it's, it's sort of... Um, it's pretty uh, pertinent here, really, isn't it? really hard to avoid, you know? Like, if, you, yeah. if someone's giving you advice, it, it's not there's nothing wrong, like... You know, it could come with the best of intentions, and and no one would. I'd hate to think of someone deliberately giving bad advice. You know, even if they were making some bucks out of it, it's still, you know, that 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 sort of makes my blood boil. But, but look, you know, just find out. There's nothing wrong with asking where, where it's coming from, experience-wise, um, and you know where they where they stand in things. You know, on on those issues, I'm certainly not offended if if somebody. You know, in a in a respectful way, if I was giving advice on something, I'd say, "Oh, have you done much of that style of fishing?" No, well, you know what? Uh, in fact, I'd bracket the conversation with, with "You yeah, know, well, yeah, I've done that here or there. I've you know chased them this fish in those situ- situations or whatever. I imagine it may be similar or you know to to what you're asking me, um, and you know, sort of build a little bit. It's not a, it's not having a flex. It's just building." You know, um, um, I guess the word is credibility um, in terms of, you know, the advice I'm going to give you. That's why I would recommend this line for this situation was, you know, in my experience doing this. um, And there's nothing wrong with saying, you know what, I've got no idea about, you know, throwing, you know, thong poppers at garfish. Sorry. Uh, Oh, yeah, there's been plenty of times I've done the same thing is as I've. Uh, pr- yeah, um, got in front of the question or the answer by saying, "Oh, look, I don't, I don't know. I don't. I've never done this. I can yeah. give you my opinion, but this is who you should talk to." Yeah, you know? yeah, and that's he knows everything. You know, yeah, twelve ten two a.m. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like it's 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 true. You know, like it's we do we are trying to avoid that because we know. It's sad, but we know it's pissed people off. It's put a target on our back to, to, to say that to some people and, and to the some of the people that that applies to. We, we're kind of looking out for all, 
I'll speak on myself. I'm kind of looking out for myself because some of those guys are so fucking good at, um, you know, the game that it's um, that I'm not. But um, yeah. and um, and they can have it, you know. But and uh, which means that I'll avoid saying follow the beef as much as much as I can. But you well, can I'll... you you can you can look for it yourself. You know, you can look for it and you can see um, the experience that people have, whether it's whether it's um, whether it's fishing or fly tying or, or what have you. You know, I just don't think it's that hard, that much of an ask to be as simple as going, can you do what you're uh, you're giving me advice on? Yeah, that that's all. Yeah, and it, it's human nature for someone to want to help. Full stop. I you like know. you. Sorry, I was just what you said. I don't think people are giving shit advice or shit advice on purpose either. You know, I I just think that um, I think people's egos get in the way of going of just wanting to be the man of uh, as far as the one to help. I think it comes from a good place, but you know, you, you kind of got to think of yourself in that respect. And I would, I would think, I would like to think that people do. I'd hate to see someone spend thousands of dollars on something um, based on someone's advice who's never done it. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. You know, money's too hard to come by, um, and more importantly, like you only get one shot at every day. You might as well make it count. You know. Yeah. Do yeah. do your best, and I guess that's the real cost in life: is you only get this go once. You yeah. Know, this exact moment, you might as well do it as best you can. Look, even even if you were to to be taking notes from our show, you're still gonna fuck shit up, hundred <laughs> percent. You you really will because everyone's situation is unique. Yeah, the amount of time yards you put in, like you mentioned earlier, Volts, when I was talking about time frames, that comes into it. Um, expectations is a big thing as well. Really, it, re- it really is. It is, and if you, you're you're one of these guys that spends you know time looking at Instagram, you go, oh wow, that guy caught this, and that guy caught that, or that's just a fucking huge, you know, tuna or marlin or this or a you know broadbill swordfish off a reef. You know, it's just one of those things that you you look at and you think, oh wow, this must be real easy, but you know, what you forget is that you're looking at the highlights of of multiple people who have been doing it a long time or, you know, had that that exact moment in their lifetime they were ready and prepared for mm. um, and, and made it happen. And you're comparing that against your everyday results. It's really, really challenging. You've got to be easier on yourself than that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Look, yeah. There, there's a chance that we're going to come back to this um, beef-centric talk <laughs> throughout the podcast because we want we want to come we would love to be able to illustrate that it comes from a good place and it's not it's, it's about helping people not attacking people it, that's that's where it all comes from but we need to move we need to we need to roll through the um the buyer's guide for beginners i suppose more than else we need right. to get back yep. back to the fly line aspect of it um okay. i think that um i'll give it well i think without without rambling on about um thought processes it's a, probably not a bad idea to give an example. If I got a dude who says I'm at the Gold Coast and I want to, well, I've got given an eight weight and I want to buy a fly line, and I would turn around and say, "What sort of fishing do you do?" And he says, "I like to fish the canals down the Gold Coast down there for um for, for the trevally, the giant trevally that are in the canals, or the mangrove jack, uh, all the queen fish that might show up every now and then." Like, okay, great. How long have you been fishing, fly fishing for? I've, yeah, brim. Oh, I've never done it's it. Brook, and I fish for brim. <laughs> Any, oh, well, it's just coincidental that Brooks on the Gold Coast and he fishes for broom. But um, oh, still, yeah, all right. Anyway, but still, like I think a good suggestion for that person would be to be get yourself a floating line. They're much easier. They're much easier to learn the cast with than a, than a sinking line, whether it's intermediate or fast sink or what have you. Um, 
Why is that, Chris? Well, I agree with that comment, but well, it's because. Why is that? Well, I'll tell you why. It's because you can lift so much more lineup off the water than you than you have to then then um then with the with the fast sink line you need to get the whole fly line out of the water, which usually means bringing it back closer to the rod tip. With a with a floating line, it also slows things down in the air because it's a thicker diameter line than a, fast, than a than a sinking line. So it's a, it it cuts through the air slower, it falls out of the air slower, um, and it can be it can be a lot more progressive to load with a with a medium action rod. It's just a much easier line to learn with. It's much more visible as well if you're yep. watching your back cast, which beginners should do uh, for loop control and timing and stuff like that. It's just all around a very good line to to work with. It also um, if you've got a visible line, like a yellow or a bone-colored line, say, um, which are good ones, sky blue and stuff, they contrast fish looking up. Um, you can see that like because it's, it's very hard to get. One of the things that are very hard to get used to with fly fishing is strip setting and 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 not lifting the rod. Um, but you can see a fish eat a fast as a floating line a lot easier than you can to see a sinking line get eaten as well. Um, so there's, I mean, the last one will be splitting hairs a little bit, but there are some, they are some of the advantages of a, of a floating line over a sinking line. Yeah. Uh, now you can, so, sorry, just before I move on for that, I was just going to say that for those species that I mentioned there, there'd be nothing wrong with spending, oh look, no one would because everyone's interest, interest drifts, but there'd be nothing wrong with an eight weight, a floating line and a, and a well-tied clouser. For years, you could feed the family on that, like down the Gold Coast. Flathead, Jack, Trevally, everything, tarpon, like everything down there. Weird, Jewfish. I, I cannot think of a fish that lives lives down there at the Gold Coast, as an example. Could be anywhere on the east coast of Australia, west coast even, you know, what wouldn't matter. A clouser, an eight-weight, and a floating line. And, mate, you could you could probably outfish a lot of people for a long time. Yeah, okay. That's... Um... It's pretty pretty uh, generalist advice, and you know, it's, uh, I can't really disagree with it. Hey, it's uh, it. look. It, there are there are flies that do better stuff. I mean, look, game changers are gonna yeah. have a better action, and slow water game changer is gonna be a better suspending fly. Poppers, exactly. you know, yeah, like for Jack or whatever, you know, surf candies for tuna are gonna be better than clouses. But you know, yeah, I I guess I'm I'm being hesitant here because I'm just imagining some shit bag somewhere like trying to pick this apart like this is just a really general starting point. oh put yourself in a position like if someone's sitting there just going gah and just picking it apart put yourself in the position of, yeah. of someone who's new they've just started they 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 aren't a professional they might be just out of school they might be they might be on the dole even i don't know need to catch food yeah you don't you don't have you know you shouldn't get a loan for fly fishing you don't need to it's easy to there's going to be heaps of people that are going to distract you to yeah. buy everything in the world and here's this coming from a retailer I might make my living on people buying stuff and i'm telling you right now you don't need to spend a lot of money on a, on a fly gear to be effective as a fly fisherman for most of the scenarios where i'm talking about saltwater or freshwater natives in australia huh yep that's your that's interest will drift for sure, and that's supernatural. Uh, uh, incredibly and, natural, I should say, not supernatural. <laughs> <laughs> supernatural would be you walking through walls. And it won't be unusual for you to, as you sharpen the pencil and your skills improve and, and you know, your experience base and improves or, or increases, I should say. You'll end up buying, you'll end up with a forest of rods. You'll end up with a bunch yep. of mods, you know. Yep. And they'll be entirely justified in your own mind. And you know what? That's perfect. Yeah. You know? But it, it will all stem, like, from like, when we spoke at the beginning about how we're going to reflect on our own experience and that, that's that's yeah. what I started with. Eight weight, floating line. 
Danica Clicker Reel with Dacron backing. And, um, mate, I caught shitloads of fish on that thing. I ended up giving that rod to my first casting student when I became a CCI back in 2007. And then he gave that rod to someone else. And that I don't even know where that rod is. No one knows where that rod is now. I don't even know if it's snapped or whatever. But that rod's just been a, like the uh, perpetual beginner's rod. It's been great. Wow, what a trophy. Yeah. yeah well i mean it's it's um it's it's served a lot of people and a lot of those and well i know i know th- um three of those guys that had that rod and they've gone on to be um, pretty good pretty good fly fishers you know they've all branched out they've used that to leapfrog onto something else um sinking lines different tapers different flies all that sort of stuff and it's just been a an easy way to do it but yeah i think and i think that's a fair from my experience right. here's another but, question man yeah. uh, i like what you're saying what's the second fly line you buy Oh, in a, an intermediate, for sure. Yeah. Yep. And what yep. sort of bar? Well, I see. Sorry, that's that's incorrect to me. What do you fish for, mate? Well, that, yeah, that's right. That's the next yeah. thing. The question: What do you want to catch? Where are you fishing? Yeah. No? Yep. Uh, what, what part of the country are you in? Tropical? Are you cold? Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, do you want? Are you casting a hundred feet, or are you casting it snagged at twenty feet? Um, are you casting crabs? Are you casting? Weed flies, they, you know, like there's so many, there's so many questions there. But it was very quick for me to jump to an intermediate, because I think that as far as this, as a, um, if we're talking about the buoyancy of lines or the density of lines, as in like where they float or sink, an intermediate line is is the next logical choice. But what intermediate line is a very, very um, thick onion to unroll, unwrap? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> All right, I got a slightly technical question here. We we hadn't really planned, but I can't see why it wouldn't be on the table. You're looking at um, that line diagram on the back of each fly bo- fly line box. Yeah, you know, paper diagram. What do you, what do you yep. think's a, a good beginner's shape? <laughs> it it depends. Again, it depends on what what they want to do. I think. <clears throat> Let's just talk about um, old mate on the Gold Coast again. You know, uh-huh. I think I think if you can find something that's worded around the way of a general purpose line, um, yeah, that will that will give you that will teach you good technique and it'll enable you to cast, right? Um, but you got to you got to understand that you got to stay in the lane of those lines in that respect. The reason there's a whole heap of different tapers is to suit different flies and fishing scenarios. Uh, without going into a fly line special for that, and to stay on the track with the um, with the beginners, I think for a beginner, a general purpose taper. So weight forward, obviously weight forwards. When you see WF written on the side of the box, that stands for weight forward. Um, weight weight forward it would be WFF. It's weight forward floating, which is what what we're talking about now. And then it'll have the line weight there. Um, the, the, so the line weights are all just designed for, like you said at the beginning there. Um, a casting weight to be able to load that rod to be able to aerialize that line um, without going down the slippery slope of casting. Um, that's that's <laughs> what that's what I'd recommend. How about yourself? Yeah, it's a good place to start. Hey, um, again, it, there's a you know there's a perpetual argument between rod makers and line makers about about the slide towards heavier lines or, or stiffer rods. What came first, chicken or the egg? Doesn't matter. Most times you'll get. I, I just match up with the rods I use. If I'm using a, a 10 weight rod, I'm using a WF 10 line, you know, in most circumstances. Um, yeah. I, I'm a bit different to you, but. Yeah. Okay. Oh, only in recent years. Only because it's, um, you know, I, I, 
we've spoken about this. Um, and this is getting outside of the beginners. Yeah, that's it's, sort of thing. it's falling out of this. Yeah, yeah let's not do that. Um, big risk, yeah. Well, let's, so, uh, let's go, going back to the, the beginners thing, if you've got, like we spoke about, a, a medium action rod, there's the, I, I feel as though you're not going to make that big a mistake if you like if you if you if you go buy a medium action rod you talk to someone who's who's doing the fly fishing that you do and they and you get a couple of opinions about lines because everyone's got their own opinions of lines um and then you go i reckon you'll find that a lot of those lines will be quite close in in specifications um and you go find an eight weight line for an eight weight rod with your medium action rod and you're fishing clouses with a nine foot leader you're you're not you can't you're not going to be able to blame the rod and the setup for um for any difficulty in learning you can take that out of the equation exactly and i think i think we're probably underselling the ability of people uh just you know general general coordination to sort out these little differences it's it's not that hard like you know um don't don't think it you know that it is that hard it, it only becomes a a significant factor when you're you know trying to ring the last bit of when i say the last bit but you know at, at a general level i think that's a fine starting point it, mm. it really is and really uh, is which yeah. is a which is a, a pun that you paid forward for the next subject <laughs> <laughs> that was very clever Vols. i mean it's a great segue to go off it really is to talk about fly reels yeah yeah so um Fly reels. Where do we start with those? I guess. I guess one of the the questions is, you know, if you're gonna have multiple lines, you're gonna end up with with, um, you, you know, the situation where you want to change. When I started, I changed lines. When I started, I had one one reel, and you know, if I wanted to switch between that floating and the intermediate line, as we spoke about, um, I'd have to, you know, strip one off, and then I'd wound it onto a hand spool, like an old hand line spool. And then you know, put the other one on. Um, incidentally, I couldn't never figure out why I got so much line twist, but um, <laughs> <laughs> it all became clear after a while when when one of my um, fly fishing buddies um, said, "What are you doing, mate? That's that's a you know that's the highway to hell." So um, yeah, uh, the, the things you sort of you know learn and pick up along the way, just little things. Watch watch what people do. But yeah, um, one of the first things I bought. Uh, not long after that was the second outfit um, and, a, and, a, and a second reel for the first outfit. Um, so, yeah, I... <laughs> <laughs> it's getting pretty getting pretty uh, weavy there. Like when... Yeah. When yeah. So, I mean, before you buy a spare spool, you're going to need a reel. Let's go back there, right? Okay. Yep. So, so, you're buying your rod. Your rod, comes, your rod comes by itself. You've got a line, which was a weird thing to buy when you, when you hadn't bought a reel yet, right? But uh -huh. let's say let's say you're in that position. I got a I got a pretty um, agricultural way of assessing selecting a reel, and and it doesn't go to, down too well with some people. Um, but I look at it this way: Is your fishing going to going to be um, seeing that line zing off the reel? Are you going to be using your drag? And are you going to be using drag for something that's going to take a lot of drag? Yes. Spend as much money as you can on a reel. Is it not? Are you going to see maybe a little bit of backing or no backing at all? Buy yourself a Coke bottle and just wind around that. <laughs> I really don't think that. Uh, I mean, uh, the, the the reel does nothing if you're not if it's not seeing the drag. It's just holding the line, and that's just a fact of the matter. 
right? It's about balancing the rod at all, man. Oh, of, of course, of course it is. But it's um, we're we're talking about beginners right from the start yeah, with that one. I've fallen into this this yeah. little inner in monologue of of a you know of a fly fishing carrying going. You know, they they said this, and they said that. This is know. what I mean. This this for someone who spent you know like a, you know fifteen hundred bucks on a on a on a super two able. You know, yeah. they they don't like hearing that. You know, yeah. I get that. Yeah. You know, so it's um so I understand that. Now in saying that, I've got Ables and I've got Shiltons that are, are worth more money than um than they like than, than I should have spent on reels for reels that aren't going to take any drag at all. That's beside the point. We're talking about beginners, okay? So so <laughs> cool your jets, haters, okay? Let's just <laughs> let's just they're just talking to beginners. Now, <laughs> so. I think I'd, I mean, I'd like to save you as much money as you can on a reel. So then eventually you spend it on fly time materials through beast brushes, you see. Um, <laughs> look, at the end of the day, if you can get if you can get a Dacron backing and um, and, a, and a reel that's just pretty much just a center pin thing with a clicker drag, um, you know, for a couple uh, uh, under 100 bucks even or something like that or somewhere. It'll it'll get you on the get you on the water. The thing to to, to be moderate about with your with your money choices is a line and the rod. The reel is the least consideration unless you're out there in the blue water. Yep. <clears throat> for that uh, yes, yeah, that outfit we're talking about, great advice. You know, yeah. Yeah. It, the the I actually consider the line, you know, probably one of the most important bits. I'm, I'm trying in my own. I head. agree. You do, yeah. Yeah, I think the line would be where you'd want to spend the money, um, for sure. The line is going to reflect the best out of the rod um, and the fly. That uh, whereas the, the all the all the reels doing if you're in the canals fishing for rat GTs, it's just hold it's just holding line. If you've got a, you know, I mean, no, you know what? I'm not even going to say it because someone's going to get butt hurt if I talk about a 40 centimeter valley taking drag and and how you could lock up on it and tight around your big toe. And then someone tells me that they lost 50 meters of backing to to a, a small GT like that. Well, then I'm just made made a hater, haven't I? And I don't mean to. Um, but <laughs> my point is that if you think it's not going to take drag, don't spend the money. But let's talk about brim then. You don't you don't need an expensive reel for brim. Yeah. Or flathead. You don't. No. Flathead are probably the easiest fish to go start your fly fishing journey on. Oh, in my opinion yeah that's you know what i've had some of my best memories of, of fly fishing memories were you know starting out on flathead um you know they're fairly predictable in where you'll find them and what sort of tides work and you know they're the ultimate sort of ambush and and you know predictable position sort of fish really in that regard um, have you had many take drag oh i've had them pull line out of my hand um but but a controllable amount that doesn't get you on the reel. Not really, no. Thought yeah. it was fun. Um, yeah. But yeah. and that makes my point, right? If you're a bread and butter, if you're learning salt water in the estuaries, bread and butter, bread and butter species fly fishermen, as you're getting started with your <laughs> eight weight and you spent your money on your reel on your line, you don't need much. You don't yeah. need much for a reel. It's, they're a cool fish. They're so awesome. Yeah, they are a cool fish, man. But um, yeah. Look, uh, this is this would be the point where you could, you know, we could talk about your line storage or a um, or a spare spool, mate. Really, I guess at the end, of the, it really. But I mean, you kind of covered it there. 
in regards to that there's a plenty of there's plenty of cheap reels around they've got cassettes like a cassette system with it mm-hmm. um and they got they're just a disc drag they're usually just a disc disc drag reel of with a with a one-way bearing and there's plenty of videos online to show you how you can swap them over from left to right hand they're not hard to do yeah. probably not worth giving a dunk don't get them wet it's particularly in salt water the bearings aren't usually sealed um but that's one way to do it the other way is um I was having, actually having this conversation um, yesterday with someone. Uh, Omni spools. The Omni spools are a good product to um, to store your lines on. Um, and the other alternative, I suppose, is um, uh, like lure wallets. They call them right, right? or lead, you can call them leader wallets as well. They're just a snap lock bag that you can just wind it up, put a put a um, cable tie around it, a cable tie, a twist tie around it, and um, just keep it in a plastic bag. They're they really are only storage options, really. At the end of the yeah. day. Yeah, that that's what I got by for years. Just those um, those line wallets or whatever you want to call them. Um, Same. Yeah, you know that. Yeah, soft plastics. The ones I got, they were I had the really cheap ones. I think they were um, they're not even plano, but they lasted forever because all they were doing was holding holding lines. You know. But yeah, those plano ones. Are, the yeah. plano ones are pretty good, eh? Yeah, yeah, they were they were they were um they were the certainly value for money. Yeah, um, yeah, that that is good advice. The other bit we've sort of might have glossed over is just look after your lines. You know, like treat, treat them well, give them a clean on the reg, uh, clean, and you know sometimes some of them might need a, a line dressing depending on the line maker's recommendation. But you know, I'd I'd take that opportunity when you're taking them off the reel to to clean them up um, and dress them if need be. If you know if the technology and the line asks for that, so yeah. Is maintenance um, before we move off from rod and reels? Maintenance for as a beginner, like you're gonna want to look after your investment. It's not hard. Just um, just just you know, rinse it under fresh water if you've been in salt water. Um, clean the yeah. scum off it if you've been in in um, fresh water, scummy fresh water. But the line is probably gonna take the most of your attention, like like Volty said. Um, um, in regards to the reel, you could probably pull, learn how to pull that thing down. Again, there's plenty of videos on YouTube that will for for pulling down any sort of reel design. Um, for maintenance wise, so that's not yeah. a bad thing. To, not a bad thing to learn, really. At the end of the day, I'd, but, I'd pay attention to anywhere where there's two dissimilar metals. So, like, you know, where there's screw going from the real foot into the frame, um, the handle, the counterbalance, um, uh, you know, the drag knob, uh, you know, those sort of things. Just pay attention to them. Keep an eye out for corrosion. Just general common sense. You know, like you, you wouldn't uh, in, in base terms, you. You wouldn't not wipe your butt after you've been for poo. So you know, look after your reels. It's it's really not that hard. You, you know? only do that when people when you've only had a shit session. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I just sort of uh, on a serious note, I, I I see on on forums and social media people whinging about their gear. You know, this rusted or that rusted. Then well, what sort of level of of maintenance did you you know did you look after it with? You know because. Mm. Honestly, like the the amount of time that it's exposed to salt water is 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 fuck all compared to its lifetime. If you know it's not sitting in salt water, and if it is, um, then you haven't cleaned it up properly. So mm, mm. you know, ergo, if you if you don't clean your teeth, you're gonna end up with rotten teeth, right? So mm-hmm. um, you know what's what's so hard about cleaning your reels is you're really not using them that much. Yeah. yeah. Well. 
That's right. Um, but I think, like you said earlier, like the line is going to take up the most of your time in regards to maintenance. That's going to require the most maintenance. I mean, time well spent. Yeah, for your reel, that, that that's something. You, I mean, even fish in salt water. That's, I mean, I give it all. I give them a rinse down. I give them a, like a, a once over, a look, a looking over, and stuff like that. But it's really only, it's really only once, once or twice a year that I'll strip the whole thing right down. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, it, it, at once, once usually. Sometimes I don't do it at all. But uh, and that's pretty bad, really. So I don't recommend that. Don't do that. That's bad. Um, but lines, yeah, worth. Yeah, definitely worth it. At the end of the day, like you can you can do a lot with just soap and water with a fly line. I'll, I'll point out that I've seen people. I saw something on social media recently like this, and I've seen it on um, on YouTube and stuff like that as well. Um, people cleaning it and dressing lines with armor all. Don't do that. Do not do not dress it with armor all. It's um apparently there's um uh oh, lost track of the word but there's there's bits and there's 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 compounds within fly lines that help them to remain slick and um and not crack and be pliable and stuff and apparently there's there's compounds in armor all as as um that that will that will take those out will clean them out okay right so, so i've heard i don't understand most aspects of what i do in fly fishing i try to learn inside and out including the the full nerding stuff about it um like hydrodynamics <laughs> but in that circumstance with armor i don't know why it's just that um i've heard it and i've heard of people um yeah ending the lifespan of a fly line pretty pretty quickly with armor we've been pretty uh fortunate with the with the podcast to be able to talk to some manufacturers and one of the manufacturers we spoke to was from uh one of the original line um us line giants in Cortland. Mm. and um and his advice was to you know take the advice of the line manufacturer and you know just just do it and in which case Cortland had some specific instructions um to follow so um you know general advice for the beginner read up about it uh which you know which line you've got um i'm pretty sure none of the line manufacturers say to use armor all so. <laughs> no they wouldn't <laughs> yeah no nah, uh, but like yeah. as far as as far as every time you is concerned I don't, I don't wash my fly lines every time. You, 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 I guess you, you should. I know people that do, and they don't seem to get tangles on the on the deck of the boat like I do either. You know, um, so you know, I'm, I'm pretty bad with maintenance in that respect. But I will, um, you know, every every couple of weeks or so, just just empty it out into a bucket of warm soapy water and just pull it back through a towel, back onto the reel or back onto the omni spool. Um, but. I'm run, I'm running Cortland lines all the way through now, and I'm using their line cleaner with that stuff. And I, like I use that, there's a little felt box on the Omni spool. You could just clamp it on, put the dressing in the felt, and runs through the through the felt, and you can just store the line on it. If you're gonna put lines away long, like uh, seasonally, like they're away for six months, it's a really good idea to just just let them soak in that in that dressing. In my opinion, I really like letting it sit there like that. Um, when the lines come out, they feel brand new. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's time well spent. Honestly, you'll never regret the time you, you dedicate to cleaning your lines. Um, that's what um, that's what dressing does essentially. Does it just makes it back into a brand new line instantly? Really, um, I read, I was on, I think it was uh, the boys from Millhouse was put it up on their page. Like um, they were using the Cortland cleaner on their I think they're running Cortland lines too, and um, pretty popular in the keys. The Cortland lines, but uh, always have been. Yeah. yeah. Um but they're used, yeah. they're, they're, they 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 would put a post up about cleaning their lines like 
two or three times a day, dressing their lines two or three times a day while they're fishing. Just for that, just so that line makes that shot. The line doesn't tangle, like for that one shot to count, you know? Um, yeah. You know, yes, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm useless at doing that. I really am. I really, I really wish I paid more attention, was more vigilant with dressing my line. I yeah. really think that you'd get a lot less, you'd get a lot less tangles. I've, the, the knots that come off the floor with some of, some of the times with my like dirty lines, like if I'm fishing fresh water and it's hot and the, the line on the deck is drying between moving spots or something and you, you're casting it, it sounds like a violin string, you know, as you're casting. That's when the knots come off. The, you know what I mean, right? Yeah, I know, I know exactly right. Well, here, yeah. here's a parallel question, man. I know we weren't, um, this, is, this is unscripted. Uh, one of the topics that I, well, this is, this is a question. What, what would you do better? What would you like to do better? In fly fishing. Well, as a beginner. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I'll I'll stick my neck out here. I had to make a conscious decision a couple of years ago. Um, you know, which was oh, it was probably four or five years ago. Mm. Um, I wanted to become a better line manager so that I had less of these miscellaneous tangles, and you know that meant you know not being lazy with um, um, uh, you know in between moving spots like winding all the way up. If I wasn't casting all the line, I'd stripped out for a particular cast, um, you know, winding up till I was, just because these are areas that line twist sort of manifests. Um, uh, you know, paying attention to, um, uh, you know, when I did get a, a small tangle or, a, or some twist was evident, um, you know, just generally, you know, rubbing the, running the line between my fingers and pushing that twist towards the front and eventually out of the, out of the line if that makes sense um you know like you don't just stand there and go oh fuck this line's bad guess what the line isn't bad lines don't tangle themselves like lines you know they they're not manufactured tangled or twisted that just they can't do that you know it's there any twist or, or tangles on on the hands of of the user usually um you know and how they've handled it how they've managed it even how they've wound it off their um their storage device um and that's one of the great things about that um you spoke about earlier the omnis pool is that you know the line goes straight on and straight off there's no twisting you know mm. coming off at an angle and things like that so i guess in a roundabout sort of way when the question i ask you is what you know what resolution would you make or what would you like to do better um one thing i had to make a decision about ages ago was i wanted to become a better line manager um so yeah that's um that was one thing I did. What, is there something that pops into your mind, Chris, about what no, you Nothing about gear. Yeah. It's, um, probably, um, <laughs> I mentioned earlier in the show about that I put, I, I, I put a lot of expectations of performance on myself and others. Maybe not have that much expectation of performance. <laughs> That'd be it, really, I, I think. Or yourself. Yeah. Oh, myself. Not so much others. Myself. Like, it's, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh you're pretty rough on yourself like, uh, I'm, yeah. yeah i'm super super hard on myself as far as um yeah get, getting things better or, or consistency and stuff like that but yeah probably um yeah that that'd be it really i suppose but as far as um yeah you're just asking i guess and i know that's not where you're going but that's where my mind jumped to but if i had to pick something like that that was one of the things I, I always admired about people that were more experienced with me that, that i fished with is that they would never get tangles Right, and it's um, 
you know that you know there's little things in regards to that like i've my fishing has morphed into standing still i don't rock i don't yes. move my feet back and forth i'll i'll, I'll um i'll yep. completely stand still. i fish in shoes now i don't wear bare feet on deck of my boat because it's more comfortable this being well i wear i wear pluggers but um you boots during winter mate it's fucking what's that? i've seen you fishing ugg boots during winter yeah well it's exactly well, that's the other thing man yeah. I, there's yeah. been plenty of years that I haven't, and I'd be getting out in the morning, and I can't feel my toes till about 10 a.m. You know, I'm just like, you know, fuck this, man. I'm, I'm that gonna... could be a circulatory issue, though. Yeah, it is a circulatory issue because it's two degrees in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I didn't want to stand on the line. It doesn't even matter because you can't even feel your feet to stand on the line anyway. So yeah. you have to have to learn to not stand on the line. Generally, it, it's I worked <laughs> out it's, it's more about having your head on a swivel you know like you as you're as as you would be with a fisherman particularly when you're when you're like something like tuna for example right where where oh there's a bus up over there so you turn you're like where and you go to cast in that direction yeah and then you just you walk on that line you know like or you or you there's one over there oh they're busting up over there too or look behind the boat and you're just you're rolling that line around under your feet like it's just it's just twisting up so bad yeah you don't you don't even realize then you got to make that shot then it's just uh, like it's like a it's like a world championship of macrame comes up off the floor. <laughs> and some people have a, a bad habit that unaware they do. Like um, uh, one one of the classics is um, I've seen people who like in between schools of tuna, we're moving in between. They sort of do these sort of half false casts, like these. You know, they I guess, I guess they get nervous or they're trying <laughs> to get a tactile feed. You know, but they're they're doing these in effect tiny little you know cast where they're just flicking it out out you know flicking out the the front taper of their their line or whatever and yeah you no know, like i get it they like to feel the rod in their hands or it's, you know they're visualizing that's important but each one of those un unlaunched casts can can add a bit of line twist to the equation um you know and depending on the on the, the actual fishing scenario too i think it's counterproductive but that's a separate topic um it it is we could yeah. we could really go deep on that one, but yeah. let's not. Yeah, just stay calm, be aware of of everything you do. Like you mentioned, a lot of people are boat rockers. Um, you know, they're 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 shifting their weight. Like good good casting technique for you know for long distance you know scenarios it can involve a, a weight transfer depending on on you know your your what you're trying to achieve and the actual casting style you're using, but. You know that doesn't necessarily need to equate to a, a rocking the boat motion, and you know particularly if you if you're sneaking into, you know a really calm early morning, you know uh, scenario where you're fishing the surface, the last thing you want to be doing is is you know taking away the element of surprise by rocking the boat, sending you know shock waves out through the water. Mm. Uh, you know it's a it's a pretty big ask to get out of bed early and. And get to the, the place where the fish lives while it's still, you know, fuck all o'clock and, and you know, half dark. Um, and then you go and be loud or you slap the line down or you, you do a really heavy line pickup, uh, you know, like out of the water. And there's a lot of splashing and there's a lot of shock waves, you know, like just effectively letting the fish know you're there. Like in general, the, the more care and stealth you exhibit, um, you're probably going to notice a pretty good result. Um yeah, but uh, if you're coming to fly fishing as becoming from a, from being a, a competent fisherman in the first yes. place, or you already know that, you know. Yeah, yeah. And it, but it is, it, and it is something you're going to get when you're learning 
um, you know, I, it frustrates me as well, Volts. I, I think when you're talking about that, I, I picture the scenario as something that you probably don't really like anyway, and that's top water bass, you know, and and uh, you know you need that. You, you don't want any ripple from the boat hitting that bank. I mean, because they they just shut down. They can do. Uh, yeah, I, I fish with some people that just rock the boat and so that like that, and you know, I don't. I'm not sure if. I know it's it's a skill that a lot of people, um, you know, a lot of experience don't seem to be able to get, but it is something that, as a beginning fly fisherman, you should aspire to within your cast. Um, and in regards to what you said there about some people will will rock back and forth with their cast, well, there's a great example of of follow the beef, you know, in that in that respect. I I'm not going to mention the dude's name, but I fish with a dude who's a competition caster. And that dude can send that fly line to the next postcode on on the park, but they they rock back and forth to increase their decrease the distance of their casting arc because the longer your casting arc is, and that's what tall people do naturally, the the longer that rod's loading and the more stored energy it releases without getting technical, it shoots a further cast. Um, yeah. And there's several ways you can do that with underlining and so that we're not getting there, but you put those people. And I've heard of this. I fish with a competition cast, but I've heard of this so many times with, with world famous competition casters. You put them in. You put them in. You know, uh, a, a meter of a meter of chop and 15 knots of breeze, and that and they can't cast 30 feet doing that. Like that pirouette. Like it's it's uh, it's it's pretty interesting to watch, you know. But then the guy, you get the guy who sits in the park, like who's um, who's puts it. You can always touch your feet together. And can and can consistently bomb out like chisel loops at 80 feet can do the same thing on the water you know yeah. so the different casting styles as far as that follow the beef thing are a great example i watched a video on on instagram the other day about a dude giving advice about um casting extra distance i should have sent this to you to your vaults that's it was pretty it's, it's it's just so interesting the variance in fly fishing and, and it must be so confusing for a beginner to watch it that you got almost like evolution of of fishermen in in each area as they're as they're related to their casting like pete like we've talked about this before that you know people saltwater fishermen in in southeast queensland and there's a lot of us cast so much differently than a saltwater fly fisherman who lives in sydney they do you know like and then very different again than people that, that come from victoria but it's almost like an evolution of like the the casting suits your type of fishing there. Now that guy on that 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 video there, when we talk about casting distance in a scenario, say for tuna, like we were mentioning there, he's um he's bringing his forearm up and it's stopping he's it's stopping at his shoulder, and then he's leaning back to try and increase his casting arc instead of pushing his arm behind him like 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 what we do, you know, and it's um and I think to myself now if that guy was given a beginner advice and it was just all over text. But someone didn't follow the beef and go and see what he did. But his after advice from that guy about a setup for tuna or casting styles for tuna, and he believed that he could do it. But what he believes he can do is very different to what you believe you can do, Volts. As, as an example, right? Like, you know, like, like, uh, you know, Volts will probably never say this about himself on the podcast, but Volts can send for for a little dude <laughs> can send a fly line into the next postcode pretty easily just just through that technique which is in stark contrast with you you never see anyone of this style that i'm talking about cast on video that's the strange thing everyone like all the people on video that i see in australia don't have the same cast style as say as an example what we have in southeast queensland right 
I don't know if you've noticed that too, Valsi, but you very rarely see... I don't see it often, eh? I, nah. I'm trying to think of one. Um, I guess if, if you were to describe it to someone else, and it, you know, there's no reason why it has to be geographically, uh, you know, limited. Like, there's no... No, band- it doesn't have to be, for sure. Yeah, but it just seems to be how, you know, how a lot of people, you know, in our fisheries fish are uh, cast. Well, and, that, you know, that, that's because, I reckon, it probably is because... Tuna fishing, we described it on. I came up with an analogy on another show, which is which is stuck. People remind me of the time when they hear me, they've heard me talk about tuna fishing. Like, if you want to experience tuna fishing, go out into a trampoline, jump as high as you can, get someone to spray in the face of the hose, and cast a hundred feet. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. for us, we're not dicking around. Like we don't, we don't want to, we don't want to wait for the next swell to roll on to put us off balance. We we don't want those fish to go down, and we and sometimes we're out there and the wind gets up. The wind, the wind could blow for weeks, you know. Yeah. If you don't take your chances, you know, sadly speaking, you know, we don't go out in unsafe conditions. But, you know, if, if you're a fair weather fly fisher, then you're going to, um, you know, you're going to experience <coughs> some some uh, inclement weather. Um, so and that, that's a bit of advice for beginners too, I guess. Well, well, as a, just a slight segue, you just be prepared to, you know, to, well, the, the better you can handle weather, the, the more fishing you'll get done, the faster your development will be. How's that sound? I would recommend that 100%. Get out in it anyway. The amount of people that say, oh, I didn't bring my fly, it was look like I was getting windy. Well, like in empowerment barrow fishing, for example, the best fishing is in the wind. You, you, you're missing out. Yeah. You know? Yep. You're, you're absolutely missing out. Like the fish gets so much cl- – for for. For fly fishing, when you want to get as close to the fish without them noticing as possible, the best time to do that is in the wind. Sure is. You know, like I mean, if it, it the worst conditions to get is, I mean, the will 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 flax it as well. Like the the worst permit fishing is in when it's just completely still. That's because the fish are so fucking aware of you from from yeah you know, while you're getting out of your car to launch the boat. Yeah, <laughs> scary. Yeah. Yeah, but in the wind, like in you know, fifteen to twenty knots of wind, like they'll run into the side of the boat. But if you can't make that cast, you know, yeah, that's a good I mean, point. Yeah, as you said earlier, is it? It's a fishing skill too, just to recognise. Yeah, there's there might well there are you know good and bad conditions. There's ideal and less ideal, but you know there's there's certainly um, you know some advantages to every weather condition. Like you said, it might be windy. But you're also the you know the fish will let, you know in general in windy condition you'll be able to to get a little bit closer to them for whatever reason it can it can sort of make them more predictable at where where they're found so you know yep. if you can't if you can't handle the wind you're going to miss those upsides so um, mm-hmm. you know just just get you know proficient at, at finding ways to to handle the wind that might involve this is just really general beginner stuff learning to launch off your back cast or something like that you know cast turn around and cast the other way or whatever i don't know how to explain that any better but yeah yeah anyways we've got this in the show notes to to head in in this direction in regards to um casting lessons or not um now I probably should let you take the lead with that because I don't want to seem like I'm selling as a casting instructor. Uh, I, I will. I will take the lead on this because um, you, you you very generously highlighted um, my casting and thank you very much. Um, I you know humility is something I enjoy. Something I've spent a lot of time and a lot of money on is casting. Um, you know I've had I've had casting lessons from. I was very fortunate that I was um, 
you know, I was able to get my first casting lesson off uh, Rod Harris. Um, you know, I've been able to fish alongside um, some very decent fishermen in my time, um, uh, fly fishermen in my time. Uh, but there is no, absolutely no shortcut. Um, you know, I'm not a naturally talented person, for example, with hand-eye sports, uh, golf, pretty shit, tennis, average cricket, can bowl a ball, can't bat, you know, so um, from that point of view, what I'm saying is my hand-eye is not great. If I'm going to get, you know, better than average at something, it's going to involve a ton of practice, and there's no shortcuts around that. Um, To make, for someone like me, it certainly makes sense to not practice bad habits, to practice good habits, and that involves instruction. If you can take one thing away from tonight, I would say get some instruction. Don't be too proud. Just go get some instruction. You'll be, you know, you'll be in the right direction right from the start. Um, you know, I talk about a lot about your journeys going down the down the wrong street. You know, that could be that could be, you know, in relation to business, could be relation to relationships or anything. You know, if you go down wrong street sometimes it's better to find out you're in the you know you're going in the wrong direction early on so you can that you can turn around and go in the right direction spend that energy in the right way so um without sounding like too much of a a corporate wanker just get some casting lessons all right just do it um (laughs) yeah well you'll never regret it i've never heard anyone have a casting lesson you know what i wish i'd kept that money in my pocket (laughs) yeah because i really think it's you know, on any person's journey, it's such a such a worthwhile investment. Invest in yourself, people. Get a casting lesson. Well, we talked about at the beginning of the show uh, expectations, and yeah. um, let me let me offer that as a casting instructor then, because um, you know, I've been I've been a cast a professional casting instructor since 2007, as I mentioned earlier. I still do it. I on most weeks. I don't advertise it um, because you know it's something that I I don't know I'm going to be able to squeeze in, but I'll make time when people have got the time. Um, so I do a lot. I've I've done a few already this year. I did heaps last year, um, and, and there's a lot of different people from a lot of different experience backgrounds come along. Now, if you if you're a bit daunted to it as to what to expect, or you think that you're not good enough to rock up to a lesson, um, you know, because some people think that as well. I want to point out what lessons generally consist of, and and if you're not there to work on something, like I get some people who rock up and they say, you know, Chris, I can't. I can get to 90 feet. I can't get that extra 10, you know. So there'll be people who we work on with that. And it's not that they can't do it. It's just they can't see themselves. And then then they need someone who can see them, who can then um, articulate what they're doing wrong, even off of drills, to be able to work on that. But for this show, you're generally going to be a beginner showing up to a, um, a, a casting lesson. And all that's going to really entail is... Uh, a bloke that's going to give you or should give you tools to go away to to shut to hone your skills and it should be skills and drills that are highlighting the without nerding out too much about it. i really don't know a better way to describe this but the physics of the cast right and the physics of the cast are not unique to any one in particular person they apply to everyone these these laws apply to everyone no matter what your style of cast is what gear you're using whatever um, there are obviously are gear choices you can use to highlight certain scenarios. Like for example, if you're chucking 14 inch game changes 20 feet away from you, as opposed to someone who's chucking 120 feet with a surf candy, 
um, that's 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 something that's getting getting. You already are fishing if you're into that, you know. But to get started, you really need to understand how the rod loads, what what a loop is, how it how it how a fly line travels through the air, all that sort of stuff. And it really does, in my experience, open up people's um, thought processes because generally, I've never had someone who's who's rocked up who's never picked up a rod before. Actually, that's not true. I have uh, not very many, but I have. But most people. Have bought it, given it a go, gone. This looks easy. Looked at YouTube, done it, and can't figure out why they can't do a certain aspect of it. And it's usually something yeah. quite small, and it's usually something that's quite obvious. And it's usually um, I've never had anyone who come up and I've shown them the drills and they're going, "Yeah, I've seen that on YouTube." Because I ask everyone, "Have you ever seen this before?" And they never have. So there are small drills, and those who have had lessons with me will know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, the simple drills that you can do in your own backyard and uh you know it, it will it will improve you can you, it'll improve your casting and it will it will allow you to concentrate more on the fishing because there's nothing worse than um not being able to put what you're used to putting somewhere like as if you come from a lure fishing background you're used to putting the lure where you want it to not being able to do it and learning fly fishing um yeah i can i can remember when I my, I caught my first fish before I had a lesson, but that fish was 15 feet away from me, and I was pushing tidal waves at it. It was a it was a rat of a flathead, and I probably shouldn't have caught it, <laughs> but I did, and it was um, ugly as hell. Um, <clears throat> I when I had a first let my my first lesson involved things like hauling, and when I got showed drills for hauling, it was it was just like oh my god, that's so easy. But that could have taken me years to think of something like that, you know, like those those things. So. Lessons are something that um, that that no one's going to be able to um, program you like a robot, like you're going to be useless at, and then you walk away like Lefty Cray. You need to be able to get given drills to go away. And you need to practice, and that's what a casting lesson gives you the ability to show you how to practice. That's probably a better way to put it. Yeah, that's what casting lessons. That's what you should expect from casting lessons. Have you ever had someone who said to you, "Well"? That was a waste of time. No, no, because I've gone out of my way to find something I can pick on <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then work on. Yeah. No one's, no one's perfect. You know, I've had some people that have rocked up that have been quite good, and it's intimidating. You know, um, that, that, yeah. Sorry, that to jump in. That was what I was hoping to say. There's, there is no one who will not benefit from a from a fly. You know, um, casting instruction. Yeah, there is no one who'll will not get something out of it and and you know it's a matter of sometimes just putting your humility aside and going hey man um yeah you know i've been fly fishing 20 years how about a lesson chris you know just because we've done something a, a, a period of time um doesn't mean you've been doing it well for that period of time um and you know you used the term people just can't see themselves and that's right that is so true you know you wouldn't be doing something wrong if you could see yourself and doing it wrong. you knew you were doing it wrong you wouldn't be doing it it's that simple and, and that's why youtube is the biggest income maker as a casting instructor for me going <laughs> you know it's one thing to be able to read that read books and read the theory and watch people do it and stuff like that but if you don't have that person going oh what you're not doing what you think you're doing or you've got a slight tick and that's that's what's creating that elliptical loop and although that leg might be chisel on top of each other you've got a chair space to the side dude and the reason why is this and and you can't see that and you can't even see that from people's youtube videos you know but it's um 
I would benefit from ca a casting lesson. You know, like if, if I knew, if there was a casting lesson instructor around here that I trusted, I'd probably go and get a brush up as well. There's, it's impossible to see yourself. There are ways that you can diagnose faults. Um, and generally the way you do that is that they translate out to the middle of the cast. They, you, can, you can bring that back to what the fly rod's doing. And then you can bring that back to the person who's holding the fly rod and correct the fault there, correct the fly rod, correct, correct the cast. Now there's things that if you rock up and you say, hey, I've got this problem that we can work on. And, and then I can show you or car any casting instructor should be able to show you ways to fix that and then ways to show that it's getting fixed or ways that you're working on it. It's all about drills. It's all about giving you tools to go away and practice with. And that's, that's essentially what it is. But sometimes when you're an experienced fly fisherman, like, you know, uh, like I said, I've had people that want to get an extra 10 feet out of a 90 feet, 90, 90 foot cast and they're brilliant loops, you know, like, and they're cutting it like it's windy down the park. It'd be, you know, that 15 to 20 knot breeze and they can probably cast further than I can in that condition. But I'm not saying I'm better than them in that circumstance, but I can't help them, you know, and that's, what you want from a casting instructor really at the end of the day yeah yeah that's yeah it's another set of eyes everyone will benefit it's money well spent um i guess i i can't say anything other than that <laughs> no, well the, the alternative is i mean there's there's plenty of sports that offer tuition and i guess um one of the most one of the one of the most similar although very different parallels as you mentioned earlier is golf Right, golf is one of those sports that that people can develop bad habits by getting in a self-taught. Fly fishing is very, very similar. Um, one of the most similar analogies that I believe that with with golf is that whenever you try to tear the skin off a ball, like hit it as hard as you can, that's where everything comes undone, and you'll hook and slice that thing so bad um, or miss it completely. Um, the same with fly fishing. You know, for a bit of advice for people who are getting going to get going with this or going to attempt to self-teach themselves. If you're going to try and throw muscle in a long distance cast, you're going to have a you're going to have a lot of trouble. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it it really is done through technique than than muscle. You can apply muscle to it once you've got the technique, same as the professional golfers do. But you know, golf and golf and fly casting, as far as self taught goes, are very very similar. Yeah, it's true. It's mm. true. Little differences can make a uh, sorry little. Uh, little differences in their technique, you know, even head position, or, or etc. You know, can make such a such a large difference at at you know the end of the cast or at the end of the drive. Mm. You know, just don't underestimate that. It's yeah. a shame. It's a sh like a, I often think of putting yourself in people's positions. Like, there's a lot to go through with fly fishing to to maintain the love for it. There really is, and I'm not trying to put people off the sport, but even in regards to lessons, you don't need lessons. Uh, for conventional fishing, you know, um, you know, you can get out there and you can fish your whole life just chucking lures around. You've really got to want to fly fish, in my opinion. Um, and, and for those people that can see the light and the benefit of pushing through, they eating those shit sandwiches. Oh man, the the benefits are great. Like for me now, if I go back to chucking lures around, it doesn't last long. And it's not it's not that I'm not catching fish. I'm catching fish, but the idea of 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 casting something that someone like someone else developed that I just have to wind in on a reel that's that's doing half the work for me. The drag's doing half the work for me when when you catch a fish. It, it it's it it feels like the sort of thing. It, to me, as a, as an experienced fly who's pushed through that sort of stuff, like to point out, I'm not knocking 
conventional fishing. Like I, I get it. It's all fishing. I love fishing. No matter what you're doing, I don't care if you're, you know, I don't know, bow hunting for carp. I don't, I don't, I don't really care. It's all, it's all fishing. It's all hunting. But for me, I like to do it this way. Um, you know, but for me to do it otherwise, it's just not as fulfilling anymore. It's weird to describe, and I think that's something that you could really only sort of relate to once you've been doing it for a certain amount of time. You know, once you push through all that stuff and you can you can see the benefit and they get the self satisfaction of everything lining up. You know what I mean, Volts? Yeah, I do. I do. There's few feelings better in the world than when it does all line up perfectly. You know? Plus, you can look down at people. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. You get complimentary elbow patches. You uh, you develop a taste for red wine. Uh, you no longer listen to punk rock or anything like that or anything metal. <sighs> You're into, you get you find yourself at Katy Perry concerts with a with a menu log T-shirt on at the front row. Going, I love you, Katy. Things like that. <laughs> Things change. Yeah, yeah. You can, yeah. You move past all that. Until yeah, you find yourself having a, a, an urge to, you know, make your wife sandwiches instead of the other way around. Uh, you, you might clean the house more often. Yeah, there's just some changes you go through. No, that's not true at all. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's um, it's definitely. It, it's definitely one of those sports that's um, it's funny to think what other people think of it you know but I never give it a second thought eh? yeah yeah it's, uh, it's quite rewarding when it comes off and it's definitely worth the, the um, stretching of your own boundaries yeah um, do you want to talk about um, flies from a beginner's point of view I mean I, I believe that they should really keep it simple really really simple um but um, it is an aspect of fly fishing that is quite rewarding, but it's not the sort of thing that you'd be doing in your first week as far as deciding whether to buy or tie. What do you think? Yeah, this is a this is a tough conundrum. Um, and I think the answer is both. Um, it's definitely both. Uh, and the reason, the, the argument in favour of, of buying flies uh, is that it can take a while to get to the standard of um of fly tying that you you know that you get when you purchase a a fly from a re- reputable uh you know a decent fly tire um you know uh, there are some tremendous fly tires in in australia we're probably overrepresented um compared you know on a population basis um compared to some of the other areas in the world um uh you know and and for various reasons um you know obviously quality instruction and materials has has increased a lot recently um and and through no small part of people like chris so um you know chris take a bow on that um but well i had to just hit the microphone sorry was that what that noise was yeah i was taking a bow kicking me under the table yeah (laughs) yeah but uh (laughs) i i think you know, if say for example, I'm I'm going to tie a you know a deer hair fly, then I'm going to first thing I'm going to do is purchase a um, you know a, a really decent one to see you know what what the standard you know what a commercial standard one what it, what is basically what's possible, all right? And then um, uh, then ideally I'd have a bit of a cast with it, uh, see how it fished, um, and see how that matched up with what 
I actually wanted out of that presentation. And then I'd start making some adjustments from there. Uh, if it was deer hair, then, you know, honestly, you wouldn't go past the, the graded deer belly hair. You get a fly tying video. Um, and none of this was available back when I started. So this, this is all a luxury. And if you're starting out now, definitely make use of that, those sort of things. So that's a, you know, deer hair or, or you know, you could use the same, same thing with, um, uh you know a bucktail style fly um or a game changer for example so yeah i would i would do both i would actually have a mixture of buying and tying and the reason that you should tie the argument in my opinion for tying is that you're gonna find some situations where you're gonna want something slightly different to what the fly tire you know tied up like he's say for example you're buying a game changer you know you might buy one you know I've, I've bought a couple off chad for example i bought a couple off uh axel um you know and and you know they've they've tied in in their best of intentions you know uh to to the instruction that matched the the brief very very well um but you know it, there might be a time fishing where you go you know what i wish i'd just had one that was just a little bit smaller or a little bit fatter here to match the local bait or a slightly different color or you know kick a little bit more that like you know at that sort of speed yeah these are all little adjustments that you know as as your own tire it's most convenient for you to to um, be able to execute these changes because like i said you only get these you only get that session once in your life so you know you got to put your best foot forward you got to have flies that'll work on the day um so yeah for me it'd be a mixture of, of buying and tying yep i think um i think tying flies is a big part of the equation of fly fishing people yeah. talk about look it's something that get um that never really gets lost although it doesn't become that big a deal after a while, but people talk about catching flies on their own flies that they're tied. Um, look, the first time that happens is is pretty exhilarating, really. You've you've fooled something that's um, that you that to eat something that you've lashed onto a hook. That's great. All that aside, um, it really does connect you to your your prey a lot more when you can imitate their prey. I feel as though um, so learning to tie is is not essential for fly fishing but i think it's i think it's a big part of the equation um you could you could, i mean you could be time starved in later on in your life and be buying flies off professional fly tires and have a much greater way to communicate with them uh when when you know how to tie now when when i was commercially fly tying um i had a lot of customers like that that knew how to tie flies really well but they didn't. They didn't do that. They either had to spend more money than than it was worth, like the to get a, um, a material to tie one or two flies. Like for example, they might need a, a certain type of saddle for, like, say, I don't know, like a like a beast or something like that. You know, like they could tie it, but they didn't want to spend the seventy bucks on a saddle to tie, you know, a forty dollar fly. You know what I mean? Or something like that. So. It's look. It's pretty. It's a pretty satisfying aspect of it because, like Volt said, you can adapt to your fishery. You can adapt to the scenarios that suit you. If there's someone who's tying flies or there's commercially tied flies that aren't exactly cutting the mustard for what you want to do, like you feel as though, like you know, if it's just a little bit more this, well then you can do that. Um, but like fly casting and like um, like fly fishing in general, it takes time. It takes practice. 
and it's also one of the satisfying parts of fly tying, in, in my in my opinion. But like you said, Volts, Australia is is spoilt for fly tires. That's for sure. I think I think we've got some of the best fly tires in the world in Australia. I really, really do. Um, we got some terrible ones too, but we got some a lot of good ones. And it'd be if you just follow that beef. Now, some of those fly tires don't fish for the flies in for the um, species that they tie for, but they got clients that do. And I think that's when I think that's well and truly qualified for following the beef, in my opinion. They wouldn't have people catching fish on those flies if their flies were no good. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. You know, um, you know, I, I really do. You know, but um, it's a fine line that one. But my point is, what was my point? Uh, buy off, buy off, or tie. No, I knew what my point was. I was just, um, I was just waffling on a little bit. I wanted to stop. <laughs> <laughs> Your mouth needed a break. Yeah, yeah you what people get don't very often, eh? Like, what people don't know is it's midnight in New South Wales right now. Really? Is it that late? It yeah, is. we're doing the, we're doing this unusually late. It's uh, we normally recorded this a, a few more hours earlier than this, so I think we're pulling this off quite well, Volts. Definitely yeah. hasn't turned out like another fly type fly line episode yet. <laughs> yeah, well, look, I think... Um, we haven't even got the vest yet. You need a vest as a beginner. Do you need a vest? Yes. You do need a vest. And the reason you need a vest is... Um... I'll tell you why you need a vest, mate. What? Because you're better than them. And you need to let them know. It's like a badge. Yeah. Yeah. Like and, a... and it definitely lends itself better to holding the right on the shoulder. That's for sure. Do you think that's the next big thing, like a little clip on your shoulder to hold the, the rod? Maybe some <laughs> dude with a 3D printer could come up with something like that. Oh, look, who knows, mate? Who knows? That's a discussion for another day. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you. Um, I'll talk to you off when we get off the show about that. Oh, have you got something like that lined up? I, why would I talk about it now when I just said I was going to talk about it off the show? Like, it seems like the antithesis of what I just proposed to be asking me questions in regards to your concept. Yeah, I know, but I'm just trying to make it awkward for you. You know, it is. It, it's not awkward. I think that um, I think you'll find that um, you're disadvantaging yourself for what I'm about to present to you when we're off the air. Oh, I can't. And I'm just doing it for you, mate. Oh, you I can't. You can't see it now. I was just but trying. I feel to... like I've over-explained it. Yeah, but look, I just I'm aware that of you know as much as I'm. I'm a, a co-host, and we've got listeners, but you also got to think about your imitators, mate. They got to have a head, head start on this, so you know. That's what, right. Yeah, if we can well, get this, this shoulder clip, or there's <laughs> they're like, well, just like fishermen, mate. There's people who learn from the water, and there's people that learn from other people on Instagram. Same with the fly fishing industry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they wait for someone else to do it, and and their gig is just like China. They just they they'll just copy someone. Xerox, yeah. Yeah, the Xerox, <laughs> the Xerox fly shop. Um, <clears throat> right, I think we've covered it, mate. I think we've nailed it. Okay. Yep. Can you think of anything else that would help the beginner besides what best to pick? <laughs> I mean, we we haven't really got into landfill patches yet, or um, or fit over glasses. Yeah, that's true. We have. Yeah, we haven't done yeah. that. Yet. No. If you're 18 to 20 years old. Forget yeah. what your friends think. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, 
So, anyways, uh, in conclusion, I no? think we, yeah, I think we'll put it this way: I've run out of gas. So, um, if we have some feedback on this, if somebody if somebody's got some specific questions or would like would like to see more in this series of you know beginners or intermediates or or something like that, us um, us sharing our experiences. Um, you know, helping people move from one level to the next or whatever, then, you know, I said something I'd that's the reason I got into doing the podcast is, is to help people um, move forward. It almost uh, sounds like you're into getting people connected. Yeah, I was trying to, uh, you know, not outgrow that cliche. I just didn't want to overuse it because I love it. Yeah. 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 Well, I think, um, I think the best way to get people connected is if, you're wearing a lamb lambswool patch for your for your clouses, right. and you're walking in the supermarket and you see another dude with lambswool patch. You can freely walk towards that dude with your hand up above your shoulder, preparing <laughs> for the loudest high five going. Right. No words, just high five. Keep moving on, buddy. Connection made. <laughs> I love it. I'll try that out. Yeah. Hell yeah! But if you don't, you know, if you're walking around with your um, Katy Perry shirt on, right? Um, I don't know. You could have been. You could be out doing your menu log stuff or whatever, and you know you, you see another dude and he doesn't have a landswell patch. Well, then how do you know he fly fishes or not? That's a good question. How do you know? How can you be connected to that person? Correct. That's right. Get connected, people. Get yourself a landswell patch. Right. Yep. I agree. All right. Let's wrap this puppy up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Volto, I want to say thank you for your time, mate. It's um, it's very valuable, and um, you've done a great job. Mate, thanks for your help. Appreciate it. Thanks for the kind things you said. And uh, let's piss off now, okay? Let's go. Radio Sport. See you, champ. See you, champion. Seen the classes clash and fight, but no one.
I know I'll never lose these scars, but if you give me the chance 